Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. I'm San Francisco Chronicle columnist Heather Knight, and you're listening to Fifth and Mission. One in seven tenants in California can't make their rent during one of the state's worst ever economic downturns. And the Superior Court's refusal to process eviction cases is set to expire August 14th. That means a catastrophic wave of evictions could be on the horizon, unless the state legislature figures out a solution, and fast. Chronicle reporter Alexi Kasef lays out the various proposals to stave off the coming rent crisis. Alexi Kasef, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. So um, with everything going on in California, there's yet another major crisis on the horizon, and that is evictions. Um, There's expected to be just a catastrophic wave of evictions in the next couple of weeks. Can you explain why that is? So with the coronavirus pandemic hitting the economy so hard, millions of Californians have been laid off or um, at least put into, you know, sort of a temporary position, not having any income coming in. Right. And that has resulted in months and months and months of rent that they're not able to pay. And while they've been able to stay in their homes for now because the courts are not processing eviction proceedings, there's this looming horizon where they're going to have to start paying again at some point, and they just don't have the money to make up three, four, five months of rent that they haven't been able to pay. So it's up to the state right now to figure out how are, how are they going to get us through that, especially when they don't have the financial resources themselves because of this economic downturn. Right. Um, And Assemblyman David Chu from San Francisco said that if Sacramento doesn't figure out a solution soon, there will be, quote, a complete catastrophe. Uh, What does he want to do about it? He has a pretty interesting proposal on the table. Yeah, so his is one of, I would say, two major proposals that are out there right now. And he would essentially put a freeze on certain tenants who don't have any income coming in right now because of the pandemic having to pay rent for at least through next April or whenever the um, state of emergency related to the pandemic ends, you know, giving time for people to really get their feet back under them. And then another year on top of that for them to start making up the rent. So, you know, this is really giving people a runway to, to get a job again, get money and start making up for what they may have missed Uh, But the issue, of course, is that means that landlords are not getting any money in return. And so it's a complicated issue there of figuring out how do you balance the needs of people who may be depending on the money that comes in from their renters in order to, you know, sustain their own livelihoods. And so his proposal wouldn't waive rent, but it would just mean that you still have to pay all of the back monthly payments that you missed, but would just give you a lot longer to do that. Right. It's recognizing that right now the state just doesn't have money to give people to, you know, cover their rent, to forgive the rent. And so it's saying, let's give people as long as possible to figure this out and make sure that they don't get evicted 
because of this in the next year and a half or so when it's very possible that we still may be dealing with the impacts of this pandemic. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it's going away anytime soon. And the economy certainly isn't recovering at all yet. So um, seems like it's already been a decade, don't you think? (laughs) I have lost track of of time. (laughs) I have no idea what day it is. Um, But like you mentioned, there's another proposal on the table. And this one is from Senators Anna Caballero and Stephen Bradford. And can you explain um, their idea? Yeah, so theirs is a little bit more complicated because they are trying to figure out a way to deal with the financial side of things and try and make, um, you know, try and make people more whole. And so they've come up with this tax credit scheme where landlords who are willing to forgive back rent that tenants haven't paid would receive tax credits equal to that amount of rent. And they could start using that, those tax credits in 2024 um, or sell them to other taxpayers if they need money, you know, sooner than that. And that the hope is that by then, you know, the economy would be a little bit more stable, recovered, and and the state would have the money to afford those tax credits. And then the uh, and then the tenants would have 10 years starting in 2000, 2024 to start paying back their missed rent to the state. Um, and so they would hope that they could make up the cost of the tax credits by having people eventually pay back their rent, though they would have to cover the cost of any rent they couldn't claw back. So, you know, there's a, co- a potential cost there in the billions of dollars. It's it's really, you know, it's a it's a big idea, but it's it's not certain how it would work or whether it would mm-hmm. work. Right. And as always, it seems um, landlord groups and tenant advocates have very different ideas of both of these proposals. Can you lay out where each group stands? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, no surprise that they're on on very different (laughs) sides of things. But yeah, the tenant groups are really hoping to see something more like what David Chu has proposed. His would be a mandatory statewide plan. You know, it would protect any tenant who has lost income because of because of COVID-19. And so there would not be you know, people falling through presumably through the gaps and into homelessness because their landlords are unwilling to, you know, strike a deal with them or because they don't have local regulations. Whereas with this uh, approach from the senators, uh, you know, landlord groups, they don't love it, but they're more willing to work with that because it would mean actual you know, money in their pockets. They're very concerned that with an approach like David Chu's, they're just never going to be able to make up all of that miss, missed rent that at the end of the day, you know, by by next April, that could be a year of rent that somebody's mm-hmm. missed. And there's just no way for them to ever make that up. So they really would like more direct financial relief from the state. I'll be right back with Alexi Casa. You can support Fifth and Mission and the newsroom that creates it by signing up for unlimited Chronicle access at sfchronicle.com slash pod. I'm back with Chronicle reporter Alexi Kosef on California's coming eviction crisis. 
You mentioned homelessness. I think that's an important point because, you know, the homeless population in California was already surging before the COVID-19 pandemic and has only gotten worse. Any drive around downtown San Francisco and through the Tenderloin, you know, shows that immediately. So I think the state really doesn't want to see more people falling into the cracks of homelessness since they haven't figured out how to address that either. Oh, absolutely. People are, you know, lawmakers are talking about essentially a housing crisis on top of the housing crisis. I mean, that's how they're thinking about this. And so it's really urgent that they figure out some way to keep as many people in their homes as possible. You know, there were all these ambitious plans in the legislature at the start of the year to try and put more money and resources towards dealing with the homeless population that we already have. And that's obviously pretty much gone out of the window with the exception of some, you know, emergency coronavirus relief from from Congress that they're able to, you know, to divert towards toward that. So yeah, there's a huge concern right now that the homeless population could explode if if they don't come up with a, a real solution to the to this rent rent issue. Right. And the fight in Washington over approving any um additional federal unemployment help continues. So that is coming at the same time as, you know, this potential deadline. So um kind of layer upon layer of a problem for people who are out of a job and can't pay their rent. It's it's extremely complicated because the state doesn't have the resources. And I think landlord and tenant groups were both hoping that Congress would come through with some kind of homeowner and renter aid in their next coronavirus relief package. And as it looks right now, that's likely not the case. So the state really could end up being on its own. And the timeline now is shrinking here because... Um, as I mentioned earlier, you know, people have really been able to stay in their homes because the courts have not been processing eviction proceedings at all. They put a freeze in place in April, and um, it was meant as a way to keep people in their homes during this shelter-in-place order, but it's essentially become the strongest, you know, most forceful policy in the state on evictions and the courts are not comfortable with that they really want you know the policy making to be happening through the legislature and the governor and so now the chief justice who put that order into place is getting ready to potentially lift it on August 14th which is you know less than 2 weeks away and before the deadline for the legislature to act on any kind of bill it passes so mm-hmm. this timeline just got ex- extremely accelerated and there's no indication that folks are are close to a deal yet on this. Why does the chief justice want to lift it on August 14th? Is that a hard and fast date or could she postpone it seeing as how, you know, the ramifications of doing so could be a disaster? Absolutely. She she could still postpone it. That was just the date that she's floated so far, but that has not a formal step they've taken yet. And they did delay it once before. She had it tried to do this in June and the public backlash was so large that they backed away from it. So certainly tenant advocates are trying to make the case again, at least wait until the end of August and give the legislature time to act. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we'll, but that is the date that she gave. She wanted to do it August 14th and in sort of pass the responsibility on to lawmakers to do something. And 
So so they're feeling like they've basically got two weeks or mm-hmm. or there could just be a huge crisis in California. But nothing in Sacramento has ever happened in history in two weeks, has it? I mean, could it actually happen that quickly? <laughs> Everything takes so long. It does until it doesn't. I mean, there's yeah. this sort of feeling in in the Capitol a lot of times where an issue may be hanging in the air. And then when they've really got a deadline staring them down, the sides will come together and they'll figure something out. Last year, for example, um, landlord groups and tenant groups were in disagreement all year long about trying to put a rent cap in place, you know, say that you can't raise the rent by more than a certain amount every year. And, you know, that's something that had never been very successful in Sacramento. Landlord groups hated the idea, but at the end of the day, the governor wanted something done. He brought the sides together. And in the last few days before the end of the session, they struck a deal and got it through the legislature and got it signed. So sometimes when people really want something done, they'll get it done. And the governor has indicated that he wants something done on this. So, you know, we'll see what the final form looks like, but he'll certainly be putting pressures on pressure on all sides to come to some sort of agreement on this soon. Right. And um, I know that homeowners are also having a hard time many paying their mortgages. Would any of these proposals help them or is it just tenants who are renting apartments from landlords? Yeah, this is I mean, this is a complex issue because obviously there's homeowners who have mortgages that they're not able to pay either. And then some of these landlords, when they don't get the rent from their tenants, then that puts their mortgages at risk, too. So. Um, David Chu's proposal, for example, would also um, give, uh, you know, residential mortgage holders up to 12 months forbearance on on their mortgage on paying their mortgages if they have also been impacted financially by the by the pandemic. Um, the other proposals don't deal as directly with that. And so that's another complicated piece that everyone's trying to figure out. You know, is it enough if, if you give homeowners some more time to, to pay their mortgages as well, then is that enough to, you know, is that enough relief or do you also need to give them some direct aid Mm -hmm. because you can't expect that renters are ever going to make back the, the rent they missed? So this, these are the complicated calculations that everybody's figuring out. And, you know, that, that is that one, the, the mortgage issue is especially complicated because so many of the, um, so many of the, you know, banks and financial institutions that are, are backing those mortgages are not based in California. So the state may not have as much leverage over them. That's, that's a legal question in the air too. Mm-hmm. And I imagine these issues overlap because a lot of homeowners who can't pay their mortgage are probably the same landlords, you know, who need rent money coming in to pay that mortgage. So um, it's kind of all caught up in one circle. Exactly. Like, the, you know, some of these bigger landlords, they may have enough units in their portfolio that they can make it through if, you know, the, I think it's an estimated like 15% of Californians, you know, have not did not pay their rent last month, but somebody who just owns one or two units, if, you know, if your land, if your tenant is one of those people who isn't able to pay, then you've got your own bills facing you down and, and may not be able to, to make those payments either. Mm-hmm. And are you hearing anything directly from um, Governor Gavin Newsom's office about what he wants 
to happen? Well, he's he's basically said at this point that he's engaged on the issue. And, you know, that means there's discussions happening, but he's not signaled what his preference would be for an approach. And one thing that people are worried about is if there is no deal by the time this August 14th potential, you know, deadline hits, then it could be that could leave renters without any protections for weeks, if not months, because the legislative session doesn't end till the end of August. And if they pass a bill, it could still not even take effect until January 1st. So a lot of tenant groups especially are hoping that the governor will sign some kind of executive order that could serve as a stopgap measure in between that would you know, that he'll take his own action and prevent evictions from taking place while they sort out whatever remaining issues are to come to a deal and and let that law take effect. He, you know, has done some executive orders on um, rent protections early in the pandemic, but they were, but tenant groups criticized those as being too narrow and too complicated to really have an impact. So, We'll see whether he needs to step in and whether he's willing to do that. Great. Well, thank you so much for talking to me today. I know you're very busy, so I appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Thank you to Alexi Casa for joining me today, to King Kaufman for producing this episode, and to you for listening. 